Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello there, my friend. I'm so glad you're here with me today, and I really mean it. How are you? Just stop for a second, check in with yourself, and how would you say you're doing? Now, how would you say you're doing on a regular basis? Like, what is the average of your emotional frequency, otherwise known as a mood? What would you say is your typical or above average, like more than half the time mood? Now, you have all kinds of moods. We all swing from mood to mood during the day, from emotion to motion, I should say, during the day. But when those emotions get momentum and they get lengthened, they become what we call a mood. And ideally, we want our moods to be vibrating at a frequency that is love, joy, or peace. That's the goal. At least I think that's the goal. Because anything below that doesn't feel very good. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to not feel good. Now, we're going to not feel good. But I want to talk on this episode about little hacks we can do to feel better, to feel great more often than not. And I want to focus in on joy. Why do I want to focus in on joy? Because joy is really, really awesome. It is an awesome emotion that, you know, frankly, I think I starved myself of, not intentionally, but, you know, growing up as a kid, I think my predominant mood was anxious. Yeah, probably anxious. Now, I had a ton of fun with my friends, but a lot of my energy was consumed with anxiety about not having enough certainty in my life about living in a house that had quiet conflict, about uh, overworking and overperfecting and overworrying, trying to get good grades so I could increase my degree of certainty. And I am so, so grateful that that is in my past because I now know how to cultivate joy. And if you've been listening to me for a long time, then you know that, yes, I can give you tips on how to cultivate these. But first, there are a couple prerequisites. First, you have to want to feel joy, because some people don't. And then you have to believe it is yours to have. You have to believe that you are worthy of it. So I'm going to ask you a question. And if you're not driving, if you're in a safe place, I would like you to pause after this question. Literally, pause the audio And then let yourself think. So the question is, in order for me to be happy, I must fill in the blank. What's yours? What is your condition for happiness? And if you have multiple ones, what are your conditions for happiness? When will you be allowed to be happy? or joyful, which is extreme happiness. 
I give this assignment to all of my new clients. And recently, the inspiration for this talk came from a woman last week who is just the most loving, kind, warm, helpful, intelligent, brilliant senior executive. And she sent me her assignment results. I had to stop reading because it was pulling me down. There was something like 30 different rules, 30 different conditions that had to be met before she could feel joy, before she felt she was worthy of experiencing joy. And they included things that needed to be fixed from her past, you know, traumas that needed, needed to be um, dealt with, um, but most of them were about the future. Even things as simple as once I lose a certain number of pounds or kilos, then I can be happy. Once I achieve a certain degree of monetary success or my retirement accounts look a certain way. So what's your list? What are your conditions for being joyful? And if you have a lot of them, then I'm pretty certain that if we go back to one of my first questions about your mood, that your mood is not often joyful. And maybe you haven't even experienced joy in a while, in a long time. What does joy even feel like? Do you know? Do you remember? For me, I can cultivate it so quickly when I think about just swinging on a swing set. Oh my gosh, as, as a kid, as an adult, I don't care. If I'm swinging on a swing set, I have such a rush and I can't help but giggle. But of course, I don't have a swing set in my backyard, so I have to find other ways to cultivate joy. Now, please do not think that I am suggesting that you can have joy all the time. We can't have any emotion all the time, although we can have prolonged moods, and those moods are usually going to be the heavier emotions. Why is that? Well, we have brains that are wired for negativity. It's just, it's called negativity bias. And that has nothing to do with who we are, why we're here, and what our soul's journey is. It only has to do with keeping you alive for another breath, and another breath, and another breath. So if you don't learn how to manipulate this, how to interrupt this negativity bias, you're not going to feel you're not going to feel joy. You're not going to even feel love. You're not going to feel peace for sure. You're going to feel an absence of peace. So we have to pay attention to our thoughts. And most important is we have to pay attention to our habitual thoughts that we've decided to make true. And those are called beliefs. I can give you so many techniques like I can go tell you to go, go get on a swing. But until you have a belief that you are worthy of joy right now, no conditions, you are unconditionally worthy of joy. So you can borrow that belief or you can borrow this one that I have. You earned the right to be joyful the day you were born. That's what you did. Hey, being born was tough, and you did it. And it is your birthright to be joyful. Now, of course, you get to choose. But why the heck wouldn't you choose to be 
joyful. Now, a lot of people think, well, <laughs> I don't want to get lazy. You know, I don't want to think that everything's okay so I can stop striving. And then I'll stop striving and then I'll end up in the gutter homeless. That is not how this works. That is not how this works. You can call it the law of attraction or you can just call it biology. But what we pay attention to grows. It's just how it works. So if you start noticing and paying attention to negative thoughts, negative beliefs, then you are going to attract more negative thoughts and negative beliefs. And you will attract the emotions that correspond with those negative thoughts and negative beliefs. Whether at the lowest end of the spectrum, you feel shame because you're just not worthy of joy and there's something wrong with you and you can't experience joy until that thing that's wrong with you is fixed. That is the most toxic, heavy emotion. And one of the reasons why it has so much momentum, meaning it's really hard to get out of it, is because shame vibrates at such a slow frequency, it gets stuck in our bodies. For many people, it gets stuck in their chest. For some, it's in their gut. And it is really hard to feel joy when you have a lead weight in your chest or your gut or your throat or your head or your shoulders. So you have to interrupt the cycle. And the best way to do that is to do something physical and have a belief at the ready. So if you adopt one of my beliefs, you will catch yourself. You have to catch yourself having the negative thought, even if it means you put a rubber band on your, on your wrist. And notice every time you think, you know, I can't be happy because, or I'm not happy because. It is going to be connected to one of your rules. One of the most dangerous rules is when you say, I can't be happy until someone else does something, until my boss is nicer to me, until that coworker stops throwing me under the bus, uh, until that person starts behaving in a different way. If your joy is conditional upon somebody else doing something different, you have lost. You're done. You are in victim mode and you have put yourself there. So another condition I would suggest you get rid of is that other people have to do something for you to feel joy. Here's a little experiment you can try. This is how easy it can be to create oxytocin, which is that feel-good um, neurotransmitter. So oxytocin is like the love drug, and then we have dopamine. Dopamine is that exuberance, that joy we get from uh, achieving something, from growing, from finding something, from serendipity. So those are the kinds of uh, neurochemicals we're trying to create in our body instead of dumping cortisol from our adrenals, wearing, our, wearing out our adrenals and making ourselves sick. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm talking a little bit differently today than I have been on other episodes. And that is because I have had some major dental work recently and frequently. So let me just tell you an example of unconditional joy. So I went to my new dentist and I had to have a new dentist because my insurance changed. And there was only one dentist 
I got to go to. And on that first visit to that dentist, they told me I had to have one of my major teeth, like right there in the front, removed. <laughs> so I just giggle because really, it's my, I'm, the, I'm just meeting you people. And now you're going to tell me that you're taking out my tooth, my front tooth. Okay. So that's happening. We get it scheduled. We go in. Uh, I think I, I like to think I have a high pain tolerance, but man, that was challenging. They put a temporary in and it was, let's just put it this way. It was a little rough. It was so distracting. It didn't fit. I was in tremendous pain. It was rough. And there was a huge gap in it. Stuff would get in it. It was just not pretty at all. And the appointment to do all this was very long. And then I had to go back two weeks later to get this one replaced because it was so uncomfortable. So I have spent in the past three weeks probably uh, seven hours in the dentist's chair. So that could be a lot of fodder for misery, for fear, anxiety, grief, blah, 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 all that stuff. But it was not. I actually have enjoyed my visits there. I know that sounds crazy, but I've enjoyed it. I really like the dentist. I really like the people who work there. And I know they're trying to do their best. And they listen to me and they are working towards getting me a beautiful final implant. So we're on the path. But here is how I switched the momentum away from, away from, I wasn't actually even in despair, but you know, could have been there, could have been there. But here is how I manufactured joy in me. First of all, I was so grateful that I do have insurance. And I was so grateful for their communication with me. I was so grateful that they fit me in on an emergency basis. And they were playing music that is not my favorite music, okay? So the environment was very bright. There was loud kind of top hits playing. Uh, I tend to like more soothing things when I'm in an appointment like that. And I don't, it was just music I don't really listen to. It wasn't my vibration. Let's just put it that way. And it was kind of random, you know. Um, anyways, so it wasn't what I wanted. So I brought my own music and I did my, the six phase meditation. And this meditation, there's an, another podcast. You've probably heard about it on YouTube from Vishen Lakiani. I've just adjusted it a little bit um, to make it a, just more, I, more of what I need and more of what I think my clients need. So I had my music and I was doing the meditation and I was doing the meditation nice and slow because I was going to be there a while. I didn't have to rush. The dentist comes in after I have been numbed and isn't it ironic how painful it is just to get numb? But anyways, the dentist comes in and I've got a tear coming down my eye and she's thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? We haven't even started and this woman's crying. And she said, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, that's a tear of joy. <laughs> I was literally so happy. I was so at peace because I'm doing this meditation that has six different phases. Each one is designed to create something different in your brain 
and evoke a different emotion, starting with love. And love is such a wonderful emotion, and I think it's one of the easiest high-frequency emotions to conjure up. I mean, you can just think of a childhood pet that you have, that you had years ago, and you can feel love. And most of you have a pretty easy time feeling unconditional love. I mean, you would be mad at your kid if they ended up calling you from the police station because they did something bad or they were driving under the influence, whatever it is, but you would quickly switch to love and concern. That's what you would do. Why? Well, all sorts of reasons why. But the number one reason is just because you love them unconditionally. And just like joy, you get to love anybody unconditionally. My mom was here for the last couple of weeks, and she is a freaking love machine everywhere we go. It doesn't matter if she's on a plane. It doesn't matter if she's at brunch. She's making friends with everybody. And she just radiates love and joy. And back to we attract what we are, we attract what we think. My mom attracts so much love from strangers. It's just almost comical. And... (laughs) It's just lovely to be around. If you want to try something silly now, something much easier than having to change your belief or uh, change your frequency from shame, what you need to do is stick a pen, like put a pen or a pencil lengthwise, horizontally, in your mouth and gently close your teeth on it. This will put you into a fake smile. But research has shown that just doing that will emit oxytocin into your bloodstream. And you're going to feel kind of silly. So you're already feeling a little bit of elation and positivity. Another thing you can do is listen to music. Music that lifts you up. Another thing you can do is avoid the things that bring you down. So you know what they are. Is it your phone? Is it social media? Is it the news? Is it certain kinds of music? Is it certain kinds of people? What are the conditions that you know will bring you down? And how can you avoid doing them? And who can be your accountability buddy to help you not do them? So that is half the battle. Creating conditions that will help you have joy. And I told you one of mine, it's a daily meditation. If I don't do it, I feel starved. I have to do it. But please don't just do any old meditation. Don't just do the watching your thoughts meditation. Because guess what? Your thoughts are full of landmines that are going to make you not feel good. Don't just journal. Don't just journal thoughts that are negative thoughts. Because now you have just bathed yourself in negativity. So you need to do intentional practices that as soon as you start them, make you feel better. It could be as simple as turning on music and dancing to a song that you love. So that all works, but it's going to work much, much better if you have a belief that you deserve to feel joy and that joy is your birthright. And joy not only feels good, 
but it helps you attract more of what you want in your life. Because let's face it, there is not a lot of joy going on in the world. There's not a lot of joy in the corporate world. And if you start bringing that energy, you will become deliciously attractive. People will want to be around you. People will want to listen to you. Um, yeah, some people might be irritated by you, <laughs> but I'm not talking about the kind of joy where you're in, each, in everybody's face saying, hey, perk up. No, I'm just talking about that vibration, that frequency that you feel when you are in the presence of somebody who feels like they are enough and feels like life is a blessing. This is another belief that is going to help you. Life is happening for you, not to you. This helps me not just through dental exams, but anything that happens. If I hit a pothole and I break a tire, I'm trying to figure out how could life be happening for me. Another little story about something that happened this weekend. So it was my child's birthday this weekend, and we had planned a big trip, and they were looking forward to it so much, and it was going to involve a long drive a long drive up the California coast. And I didn't sleep the night before we were supposed to leave because the weather was so bad that I had visions of us going off the road. And off the road would mean off highway one, off, off highway one to our deaths, basically. And so I was anxious. And I got an email and a text from the owners telling us, we don't think you should come. It's extremely dangerous up here. And so it was a no-brainer, right? I didn't like informing my, I'm going to call her my child, because they don't like to be called a daughter or a son. So I'm just going to say my person, my 16-year-old. So they were understandably very upset. And I wanted to do everything I could to get them out of that mood. But it wasn't my place. I can't force somebody to be happy. And I had to understand. I had to understand that they needed to go through this process of grieving. And they did. And here's what's so cool. My person, my child, has developed the ability to be joyful very frequently. And to switch their mood from a low-level sadness, despair, worry, anxiety, to joy. And they did it. They didn't need me to do it. I gave them my take on how I thought this was a gift to us. And then we started talking about what we could do instead. But I gave them a little time. They came out of it. And we had the most amazing weekend. It was just incredible. Now, think about a time when you have been disappointed, when something you were really looking forward to didn't happen. How quickly were you able to snap out of it? Or did it become a mood? Shoot, I've seen people on vacation, the intended vacation, and they are miserable because certain conditions for them are not getting met and because their momentum is going in the wrong direction. It is going in the direction of their negative thoughts. So if, if you believe, as I have offered, 
that you get to feel joy on a regular basis just because you exist, what would that do to your state? What would that do? What would you be doing differently? What would you be feeling differently? How would you be speaking differently? I'm going to give you one last tip for getting to joy quickly. So the only vibrations that are faster, higher frequencies than joy are peace and enlightenment. And I don't even really know what enlightenment is. So peace, that's the penultimate. But just below joy is love. And love is the same frequency as gratitude. And I think that gratitude is quite easy, just like love is quite easy to conjure. So if you're having trouble feeling joy, look for gratitude instead. What is something you can be grateful for? You know, I live here in California and we've had bouts of drought. We've had bouts of, um, of fires bouts of smoke so bad we couldn't even hardly breathe. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because most of the time we have the opposite. We have clean air. We have clean water to drink. And so do you. Most of the time, you have clean air and clean water to drink. And how effing amazing is that? How cool is clean air and water? If you can feel that, then you can feel gratitude. And then you can just start to look around you and be grateful for the amazing gifts you have in every direction you look. Once you get to that, then it's just a tiny step up to joy, which is a heightened level of happiness. You can also get into a state of reverence when you're out on a walk and just be so in awe of all the beauty and magnificence and abundance around you, even just the sidewalks that help you be safe walking down the street that you didn't have anything to do with, but they're here, a gift to you. So please, I want to hear from you. What were your conditions for joy before this talk? And now, what is your attitude toward joy? And when are you willing to start feeling joy, and then let me know what it is that helps you get into a state of joy, hopefully prolonged joy. All right, it has been my pleasure, my joy to spend this time with you, and um, I look forward to hearing back from you. Leave us your comments, and we would love to have uh, your rating, your comments, so other people can find this podcast, and hopefully they can feel joy too. So go spread the joy, be the frequency of joy so that everybody around you who is suffering can get a little boost. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And we greatly appreciate your favorable review to let us know we're helping you become a more brilliant version of yourself by listening in. 